A very warm welcome back to the Bubba Kate show. I'm very excited about this. I haven't talked to Kate for a few weeks. She's been studying hard in college. So I just want to ask her about what's happening with Brexit. Is it happening? What's happening with immigration? It looks like it didn't actually stop. Nothing changed from Brexit. It's been quite a heartbreaking um, to watch the British because they really did believe they were going to get this big change and the ma- most people who voted was to stop the mass migration coming into the country from African and mainly Islamic countries. So a very warm welcome. How are you, Kate? I'm well, thank you. Um, how are you? I hope you had a lovely Christmas. I did, thank you. And yourself? Yes, yes, it's been oh different, obviously, with... Uh, these imposed, enforced locking in your homes and being imprisoned and not being able to see your family and friends as you normally Crazy. would. It's been yeah. quite a different Christmas. Really? Um, well, a lot of my family are kind of, um, you know, older and stuff, the ones that I speak to. So uh, they're, they're shielding because the media has managed to make them very fearful of this virus. But otherwise, yes, it's been an interesting start to the year, hasn't it, with... Uh, the United States and uh, the insurrection that's been going on there and here in the UK with yeah. Brexit. It does feel like we're being punished for 2016, doesn't it, by the globalists? It really Not does. only have they rigged the American election, um, but with Brexit, I've seen that, you know, particularly Ireland, Northern Ireland, yeah. seems to be really struggling to be able to get its supplies in because of all these... Uh, bureaucracy and and red tape that the EU have created to try and say, hey, if you leave us, this is what happens. Everything falls apart. When really, if we had somebody at the helm who wasn't trying to sabotage our nation, Brexit could have been implemented very smoothly and for the benefit of all our people. But they've ensured that it is going to go as roughly as possible. And what do you think with this Joe Biden now in? Because he's a regal fan of the EU. So However bad it was, if Trump had been in, you know, he was a big believer in the e- or in the Brexit, but Biden's a big believer in the EU. Do you think we see that trouble coming? Um, yes, uh, I do believe that we will see trouble. I think that a big part of what's going on in the Western world at this point in time is economic terrorism, a means to destroy our economies. So um, I can't imagine that Biden is going to be offering the UK the same sort of trade deal that Trump would, because uh, I do not feel that he wants to support nations um, deciding to back out of globalism, which is what the EU is. And it is unfortunate, really, because I myself, you know, as you know, I, I was in UKIP, I campaigned during the 2016 referendum for vote leave over 62 constituencies and 284 wards. You know, it was a big big task. And in that time, I I realized that even though the EU did pose a huge threat to our sovereignty and national security, that we were missing the fact that the UN was actually like a a bigger monster that we've been ignoring for quite some time. And I think why we've been disappointed when it comes to preventing the mass immigration into our nations, particularly people from sub-Saharan Africa and the Middle East that have been hostile towards our own people. It's impossible to do so because our corrupt governments have signed us into the UN Migration Pact. We have agreed for assisting immigrants from around the world to flood white Western Christian nations. They really want to test our ideologies and our way of life to the breaking point so that when they're ushering in this global Marxism it sounds much more appealing than democracy. Joe Biden was sworn in in Baghdad which there hadn't been since 2017 two suicide bombings quite crazy. Um, Well I'm aware there was a gas explosion in Madrid I I think we know that, that there was a terrorist attack just before Christmas or New Year Um, in the United States. I think that what we will see is conflicts breaking out globally. Uh, There seems to be a pattern with Democrats getting into power and wars suddenly being declared. That region had been secure and safe and now, as soon as he got in, two suicide bombers. It's crazy. Well, 
I think something that we all miss is, you know, especially when we talk about our own nations and the problems that our people are facing domestically. And what we're facing is, is it's a huge problem, particularly with mass immigration, which is a form of genocide. It is bringing about the conditions of life that will bring about the destruction of a particular national, ethnic, racial or religious group in part or whole, which the Irish, Scottish, Welsh and English qualify for all areas of those characteristics that are protected. And mass immigration does put that as a threat because we already know within the next two decades that we're going to become a minority. But these people that we're letting in, these people are also, in a way, victims to the same globalist agenda. I mean, I know that people won't agree with me on this, and I think there is enough evidence out there. I don't think that it's necessarily a conspiracy theory. I think this has been going on for quite some time, um, that the attacks in 2001 on the World Trade Center, I'm not necessarily convinced that a guy in a cave with severe kidney problems on dialysis Mm. managed to pull that off. I'm really not. Uh, And the evidence to say that he probably didn't um, is quite substantial. And I believe that some very evil people within the United States who have their own agenda, who have managed to seize a lot of power, and we have this same problem in many of our nations, have used that war on terror as an excuse to destabilize the Middle East and other areas, the same way as they got rid of Gaddafi, the same way that they destabilized um, the whole Iraqi area and the Middle East region by lying about weapons of mass destruction and taking us to war there. There is a pattern with this, the same way that they did with Syria and the creation of ISIS, because I think people aren't so aware about the fact that ISIS was pretty much created by a certain subsection of the American CIA and were helped and funded by our own government. They didn't supply them with arms, but they did supply them with aid. Anti-Assad forces they were, but really they were the beginnings of ISIS. I think that there is a part of our history that people aren't very aware of, and that is Back in 1666, there was a guy called Sabatai Sebi, and he claimed to be the Jewish Messiah. And a lot of people believed him. Over one million Jews actually started to follow him in a cult-like fashion. Now, his ideology was based on the Hermetic Kabbalah, the same Hermetic Kabbalah, which is the basis of the teachings of most of your secret societies, people like your Masons, for example. They use the Hermetic Kabbalah as their main principle of spiritual teachings. Now, this Sabatai Zebi had an inverted version of morality. He thought that you could bring about redemption through sin and that you would be able to bring God, God's intervention on earth through sinning. And this is why you see satanic pedophiles and satanic child ritual abuse and why it's so endemic at the top excellence of power in all of our societies. Because this guy, Sabatai Zebi, he tried to go to Israel after sort of, well, actually to Jerusalem, but the um, Jewish hierarchy there, very worried about the power that he had and the amount of followers and who he was claiming to be, actually refused him entry. And he ended up going off through Syria and into Turkey, where he was apprehended and uh, forced to convert to Islam by sword point. Many of his followers decided to do the same, and they became what's called the Domma. <clears throat> this Domma have you know, grown in size, and they pretend to be different people. So they will pretend to be Muslims, but behind closed doors, they're practicing Sabbateans. They'll pretend to be Christians, but behind closed doors, they are practicing Sabbateans, to the extent where actually the entire Saudi royal family are originally Domma, so Sabbatean. And they were the ones that constructed the Wahhabist Salafist interpretation of the Quran and have spread it throughout the world. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that, but that's where the Anglo-American-Saudi terror nexus connection comes from. Yeah, no, I wasn't aware of that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that Uh, at all. Yeah, no, I could send you over a load of documents and information on that, but there is a globalist group that have managed to infiltrate many different societies and, and have been utilizing that power to gain an awful lot of wealth and that wealth to then use get even more power now it's not clear to me the kind of connection that china and israel have together because it's clear that both of these people are hostile enemies towards ourselves um, and both have their own um, interests that they're working towards but it does appear that our enemies are collaborating together to bring down the free western democratic world and whether they end up 
collaboration in their ruling, I, I very much doubt, because China's version of supremacy and the Israeli version of supremacy uh, are not going to integrate too well together, I should imagine, because there's always going to be a, a struggle when there's a power vacuum at the top. But I do think all peoples of the world, whether you're black, white, Asian, Muslim, Christian, Jew, Hindu, whatever you are, we're all facing the same problem, that it is just 1% of the world's population that happen to own over 95% of the world's wealth, relating us into our own enslavement and genocide at this time. And if people were to um, rebel on a global basis, because that is what it would require, you could quite easily overthrow this 1% and share out this 95% of wealth that they're hoarding, and we'd no longer be fighting over the scraps. And I'm sure without that evil influence, we could come up with a system of governance that suits all peoples in the world. But unfortunately, we keep playing their games because we're manipulated psychologically through the media, through our education systems, and through vast misinformation and propaganda campaigns. And that's the situation that we now find ourselves in. But I think the, the rate that it's been accelerating over the last two years is quite exceptional. I wasn't expecting it to happen this quickly. And I'm quite shocked, really, at the state of the United States. I mean, yeah. they call themselves the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, no I think longer. it's time they started living up to that and mm. do something about the fact that they have a fraudulent, satanic, evil man who's clearly a puppet for Israelis. If you look at all of his top appointments, every single one of them is a Zionist Israeli. Every single one. And people can't say that that's a conspiracy theory. Even your Bill Gates is a crypto Jew. Did you know that? Mm. If you look up his history, and even in quite a number of Jewish articles, it says that he originally hid his Jewish um, ancestry because there was a lot of animosity towards prominent Jews in America at the time, which I don't think is quite accurate. It's just that people like to disguise the fact that they are the people that have got the most control and power in the country. And I think that's demonstrated by the fact that they could turn off the Twitter accounts of what was the president of the United States at that time just because they didn't like what he was saying. So who really has the power? The yeah. president of the United States or the people that own the media and tech companies. I think it's become quite clear that the people yeah. that own the media and tech companies and the big corporations are the ones that are now in power. So true. Absolutely. Very well said, actually. Yeah. Politicians just seem to be puppets. I mean, Biden, personally, from seeing his interviews and the way that he engages with people and his um, Alzheimer's-like forgetfulness, I, I would say that he's senile. Yeah. And he didn't have an awful lot of support during that election. So it, it baffles me how the American peoples are not already up in arms. But then when you look at the event that happened in the Capitol, which clearly, you know, was, I would say, dramatized to some degree and instigated by left wing activists. And Antifa, I think there is enough yeah. evidence to prove that so far. However, I don't think that it was. I don't think that it would have been an unacceptable action. I mean, these same politicians that are trying to condemn Trump and the protesters now screaming insurrection were the same ones that were egging on Black Lives Matter, telling them to burn down more buildings and allowed them to continue yes. for the best part of a year, destroying people's businesses, livelihoods, murdering people. I mean, an eight-year-old girl they shot dead, Sigourney Turner. You don't hear about her very often, no. do you? No, but they allowed a terrorist, Marxist, racist organization to run riot, burning down cities, murdering and looting. And then they suddenly want to act like if somebody raids um, some government buildings, that that is violent insurrection. I mean, and the hypocrisy and double standards is quite blatant for anybody to see. Absolutely. But why anybody is still tolerating this is what baffles me. And what Amy told me earlier on, which was quite interesting, if you Google as well armed as the United States, if you Google Antifa.com, what I was saying was I was talking to Amy earlier on and she was saying, if you Google Antifa.com, you go straight to the White House. Now, I tried the relationship of the UK, the United States now. Um, I should imagine that the relationship between the UK and the United States will actually be joint mutual destruction from this point in as we can see from this globalist agenda this build back better slogan it does seem like Boris and Biden are certainly in the same club 
and mm. it doesn't seem like our interests have anything to do with their agenda. Um, so I should imagine that Biden and Boris will get along very well. I mean, I believe Boris was made a statement of, oh, it doesn't matter if Joe Biden is woke. I think on his, oh, his Twitter, I have it somewhere, actually. The prime minister said in a tweet, I look forward to strengthening my partnership with our countries and to working with him on our shared priorities from tackling climate change to promoting democracy oh, and building back better from the pandemic. I mean, it's almost like these people have been hypnotized and given sound bites that they just regurgitate on demand. It, it, they don't seem to have any free thought. Uh, it's like the people that we're dealing with, even our politicians, are drones. They don't seem... They're all just puppets, you're right. I don't know, non-reality world where where we were told that these people were voted in, but they're just, everybody's been just put into places of different positions that they want. <laughs> you know what, um, I haven't heard this before. And if you type in antifa.com, it brings up the White House.gov, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Well, it does now. I've it just does. typed it in and it brought up the White House.gov. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, I did it earlier on as well. If you type in just antifa.com, I've just done it twice, it yeah. brings up www.antifa.com whitehouse.gov and a big picture of Joe Biden. I should imagine before he was president, it would have brought up his own personal campaign page. Absolutely. But yeah, it now brings up the White House if you Shocking, type in antifa.com. However, I do believe that some of the Antifa members or Black Lives Matter said that they still don't want any peace since Biden's been in and they tried to hold a little bit of a protest and they've learned, oh, this is what happens when the government doesn't approve of your protest and they got beaten up quite badly by the police. So... We'll see what happens in the United States. I think a lot of the people that have been uh, really pushing this left-wing agenda are about to get a wake-up call of what it really means, even though we've been warning them for quite some time. It's quite concerning that something that we consider as a anti-West um, communist uh, terrorist organization um, seems to be linked directly to the, the White, White House. House. And another shocking fact is that they're letting go of all the security and um, military, unless... So, that... yes, it's going to be an interesting year, I should think. Absolutely. Um, it, but it's also scary. If you look at the military, there was Tucker on the other night, and he was saying that because apparently only 20% of white males voted for Joe Biden, so they, they're, instead of giving allegiance to United States, they are now being made give allegiance to joe biden because they say um because there's only 20 percent of white males it would be a danger so they're having to sign this other paper to prove that they actually yeah, it, voted it, it does feel like we're living in some kind of learning how many people seem to be getting quite upset at this point in time i mean people have been warned that this is exactly what is going to happen for quite some time i mean I do find it quite baffling how people can be told what's going to happen in advance. Events can play out in that way, and then you can tell them what's coming next, and they will still call you a conspiracy theorist. And you just have to be like, right, fine, wait and see what happens. You're not going to like it. Um, but that's the situation that we find ourselves in. Unfortunately, we've had generations now of people that have been subject to psychological warfare and subversion that literally have a, uh, a cognitive revulsion to dealing with reality. You see the bits online and people post information and people post videos and you have to take everything you see right now with a pinch of salt because there's lots of um, misinformation, there is lots of fake information, there's some of it that's slightly true but altered to try and give you a different perception of what's happening. Um, so. I think a lot of people spend far too much time, um, particularly with this QAnon, um, trying to figure out what's going on from their bedrooms and, it, you know, and getting an awful lot of disappointment when the information that they're getting about how they're going to be saved doesn't But it's been lovely to hear from you. Thank you so much for this interview. And it's fascinating, actually. You'll have to send me on that information you were talking about. It's quite concerning that, well, quite often when you talk about these things, people will be like, oh, well, you can't talk about um, Israel because they're an ally. Well, why have they been helping and funding the UN to 
bring people from sub-Saharan Africa into Europe? Why do 80% of them vote towards the left and support leftist ideologies in our nations, but don't support things like multiculturalism in their own, which is an ethno-state? You know, I'm not saying that it would be all Jewish people, but there is a certain subsection of Sabbatean Satanists that have come from them that happen to have an awful lot of power over the global banking system, over the corporate systems of the world, and in our media, and particularly now with interference in our political systems. I would say that the slow march through the institutions has worked quite well for them over this space of time, and it is a global issue that we're all facing. But I'll be happy to send over that. Fantastic. Well, I will do. I mean, um, I wanted to ask, how are things in Ireland in reality? Because obviously the things that we see reported in the mainstream media can't be trusted to be truth. But I'm seeing a lot of reports of empty shelves and the bureaucracy of Brexit um, basically causing food shortages and medicine shortages. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? No, absolutely not. Complete rubbish. Um, no, there's not. There's been no difference. Like, I, I live in a remote area, but definitely no difference in Dublin. No. I mean, they'd like to punish us, definitely, I think, if they would, but of anything like that. And I live nothing like that. I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, every now and again, when, but it was to do with coronavirus, nothing to do with Brexit. It's when they start going, everybody goes panic buying and they stock up a huge amount. But that's to do with the corona, nothing to do with Brexit. Well, I think it's got a lot to do with the media. I think when they yeah. start publishing a lot of articles saying, oh, well, fresh food and all these things are running out, people suddenly panic and they go out and buy it. And then they create that crisis yeah, through their misinformation. Absolutely. But I'm, doing, I'm wondering if we're actually going to hold these um, complicit media employees to account i have told yeah. people that it would be a very wise idea at this stage if you're sat at home and you're bored and you're very angry about being lied to keep note of every article that you know is full of fake news that has been harmful towards our society and i think that we should have a database of names and crimes dates of crimes and that if there does come a time where we are able to gain back control of our country, there will be accountability for all these people that have been committing this economic terrorism and in, uh, I would say, complicity in genocide against our people. They will be held to account if we can gain back control. But I don't see that happening because, like you say, far too many people spent far too much time watching the TV and believing what they read from... Yeah news outlets where the content is completely controlled by people that are our enemies absolutely and are purposely um if anything it's our government who are crashing everything because of these stupid lockdowns that is going to cause huge problems but it's not to do with brexit it's our own government who are force shutting all little businesses but allowing any of those big big shops allowed open but all the small little shops have to close down because apparently coronavirus knows the difference between big stores and little stores. Yes. Well, I think that there should be a mass rebellion where people just open their businesses. Yeah. Stop paying attention to a government that's lying to you and just open your businesses. But I have noticed because there, there doesn't seem to be much of a difference between communism and corporatism in practice. You know, it's where the very few have control over all means of production and and the actual supply of everything, which is basically what's happening with allowing these big corporations to make trillions of pounds like Amazon, whilst most small to medium enterprises are now on the brink of collapse. collapse Eventually, will be slaves to these giant corporations who happen to also be owned by the same people who own your media companies and who own the yeah. banking. Yeah. And this is the problem that we face. It's so ingrained and so endemic. But I do think that this crisis, all crises, offer opportunity if you know how to manipulate situations well and i think that the world does need a great reset but not in the way that they want to where we all yeah. become enslaved and we own nothing and we're happy with it but where we actually free ourselves from the usury type slavery that our global banking system has imposed upon us for quite some time i think when it does come to a great reset i think we should start looking at the world in a different way and stop giving sociopathic satanists so much power over us Absolutely. I don't know how much longer people will tolerate the intolerable, in my opinion. But as soon as they're ready to move, I think the rest of the world will follow in suit. All it takes is a spark and the fire will spread. 
please God, yeah, I really hope so. But it just in my country, it, it just they're so very much brainwashed because we've got no government. We don't even have a party like UKIP. We have nobody. Everybody is extreme left wing. Or everybody in government are all about you know, oh. Uh, multiculturalism and all that bullshit and inclusiveness and bring all Africans into Ireland and Islam is fabulous and all that and all our media is that way and anybody who speaks out their lives are in danger and that is no joke they actually I sent it to Amy and I said it to Elvis that they actually linked a suicide a guardy which is our policeman um suicide to Gemma O'Doherty because a few weeks before they had a dispute linked the suicide. It's very dangerous what's here. So they try to get people so angry with her that she will be attacked and she will be killed. And that's how dangerous the media is over here. Well, yeah, they, they wield an awful lot of power. I mean, it's one of the issues that I've taken with the media here. I mean, I personally had hit pieces published against myself. <laughs> And Shocking. the purpose of these are to show them, yeah, that show the people and show public that that they're the ones that hold the power. I mean, sometimes you see people and they'll say, "Well, why are you such cowards? Are you scared of being called a racist or whatever?" Because whenever you support things like um, like Brexit, when you support things like immigration controls, when you don't support Black Lives Matter, when you don't yeah. support this multiculturalist diversity agenda which is basically yeah. a form of genocide against the native people you're called a racist yeah. if you don't want to be a vulnerable minority in your homeland um and it's not just the label though it's what the media does with that label because yeah. they print an article about you they do it in a way that is to draw animosity towards you and then they use it to go and attack your livelihood now this has been happening for quite some time i've had so many of my ex-colleagues when i was part of ukip which Honestly, don't look to UKIP as a saviour party here. It's yeah. uh, nothing more than a, um, a scam, a cash cow for some people to make profits off of people's wants and wishes whilst doing nothing to actually assist in them reaching those objectives. But anyway, you do find that the media will use their power to basically brand somebody with some title or name that then somehow gives society the right to harass them take away their livelihood and incite violence against them. And that's what people really fear, particularly yeah. if you have children and a mortgage, because if you're if you're suddenly made jobless or your business is ruined, you can't pay your mortgage. It's a form, again, of economic terrorism. If you don't adhere to our political beliefs and your own destruction, then we're going to smear you all over the media, make you unemployable, and basically force you into poverty. And at the same time, what we'll do is we'll get you cancelled from all platforms so that you can sit at home on your own without being able to contact anybody or use the usual social media. You won't be allowed to work. And if you go out on the street, there's a 50-50 chance that one of the Africans might stab you because you don't agree with being replaced by them. That's not the even, situation not, that we now even, find ourselves. Not even the Africans, that is. Well, they are dangerous in Ireland, but it, it's not that. It would be the leftist scum in this country and there is so many of them who really incite hatred towards anybody who speaks out and that's include me I've kind of gone through similar things like that you're speaking about and everybody who's ever spoken about you know mass migration doesn't even have to be about Islam anything like that they have drawn hatred like you can google people's names and you can find them you can find their addresses oh, where they live listening because you know you're not going to like me very much i'm going to be starting up an organization that will concentrate purely on the white indigenous rights of the people of the united kingdom and ireland and will be promoting their history heritage and culture Fantastic. in a positive manner and encouraging social cohesion throughout our people so that we can start to fight back against this invasion of our countries so I'm not going to be stopped and I'm not scared of the left. I'm not scared okay. of the immigrant hostiles that you've invited to our country. And I assure you, we will be taking any steps necessary to remove you from our lands. I hope you're listening. They're the ones that are morally in the right. When really what they're trying to do is eradicate an entire racial and ethnic group from existence. You see, they celebrate diversity 
when there are no white people. You know, I saw a school being celebrated as diverse because it only had one white child. They were saying about how great it is, this particular area of London where the white population has fallen to less than 16%. It's fantastic, isn't it diverse? Yeah. Do you know that there's... They do that in Ireland too. In total, in the entire world, less than 1 billion white Europeans. There are 1 billion Chinese alone, over 1 billion Chinese. There's over 1 billion Indians, over 1 billion Africans. We are the smallest racial minority in the world. And yet we're the ones being subjected to, I would say, actions that will bring about our demise. And they celebrate and then call us the race. We're not the people that are trying to eradicate an entire racial group. We're not the people trying to eradicate a people's entire history, heritage and culture. We don't attack people for celebrating their own race. They're the ones that do that. I mean, have you seen Joe Biden's video where he was saying that it's absolutely fantastic that white America will be an absolute minority within the next decades yeah. and that he welcomes Islamic and African immigration into the United States? I think, yeah, we, we will be a minority in Britain, particularly in England, within, I would say, much sooner than what people are predicting with this yeah. 2066 um, if you go past any of the schools in the inner city areas there aren't any white children and people say oh you, you're just a white supremacist wanting my own people to continue wanting my forefathers work and what they have built not to be completely destroyed by people that hate us doesn't make me a white supremacist Absolutely. It, it makes me a person that's not going to just sit back and be bullied into giving over my rights my homeland and everything my ancestors fought for, just because you want to call me names and threaten me, it's not going to happen. There's been riots in Dublin, a place called Blanchestown, for three nights, um, complete riots, because a Gardaí shot town where it's absolutely an African area now, it's not an Irish area. So there's constantly trouble and stabbings and shootings going on there because they've just made that area completely african yes white flight as it's called i mean the left would like to try and make out that white people move away because of racism white people don't move away out of these areas because they're racist they move because they are subject to acts of violence their children get attacked their girls get raped people get stabbed people get mugged and we don't want to live alongside that so we move but the problem is is that these foreign hostile ghettos are growing and their population is growing in our countries and we might have had brexit but we haven't gone out of that un migration pact and like i said there's billions of africans billions of indians you know we're going to basically allow any of these people to come here and due to this brainwashing of identity politics a lot of people seem to believe that any foreigner that happens to land on our shores and says, I identify as British, must be considered as such mm-hmm. and awarded citizenship, allowed to in our elections, stand in our elections. And this leaves us open to foreign interference, particularly sabotage. And I just don't know why our citizens put up with it. Yeah, it's just so much thing that's been going on for so long from school, from primary school, from nursery school, all the way through. And unfortunately, the left have got in everywhere. They've been placed everywhere and are in all the most important jobs, important decision making. So this is where we are, particularly in Ireland. I think we're even worse than you are. We have no voice, nothing. It's very dangerous here. I mean, um, Ireland's always had its dangers because of the troubles that happens there. But I'm always shocked when I hear about Irish people being attacked by these hostile foreigners and the Irish people not rising up against that in unity with their own Irish brothers and sisters. Because, you know, that's the sort of bravery that was seen of you, your your people previously. But now it seems that other Irish people will turn a blind eye to other Irish people being attacked by foreigners in their own homeland. Oh, yeah. In fact, they'd probably attack the Irish person um, for standing up for themselves um, against the black person because they they will more want to identify the black it, the media and this government have done a number on this country and I don't know whether you can ever save it it's been such a number that you're more likely to get an Irish person to jump into a fight to save the black person who is probably stabbing you that's how bad it is and the guards, like in your country, the police, would be afraid to actually, you know, protect a white person because they'd be called racist and could lose their jobs. 
and their families could be attacked. That's how crazy the left has. I don't even blame Africans and the Muslims for doing what they do and getting away with it. It's more the left who've put them there to create this for the destruction. Yeah. Yeah, well, your average lefty is just, I would say, a brainwashed drone. They're not necessarily in charge of what's happening. But I've always said since the beginning when I got into politics and I wanted to figure out where the head of the beast really was, that once I started to analyse things, I realised that there was some very intelligent sociopaths really pulling the strings behind the scenes and that the majority of people that I had to deal with on a daily basis really weren't that bright and were just going along with an agenda that would assist them in their own personal interests and goals like you know being able to stand as a candidate for instance or being offered certain job opportunities this only happens if you adhere to the right ideologies as we were speaking about i don't know whether we were recording earlier you know with higher education and universities i saw an interesting video by charlie clark uh, charlie kirk interviewing a blonde student in the united states and she was saying that if you don't adhere to the ideologies of your tutors, of your professors, of the people that are teaching you, you will fail your classes. I mean, they already offer preferential treatment to black and ethnic minority students. They offer bursary schemes to only black and ethnic minority students. I believe they're building a black-only college here in the UK. They get well, special support services. And on top of that, what she's really bad is... There is always recruitment days. Like, say, if you were studying law, for instance, there will be recruitment days that they'll call diversity days. Oh, my God. Right? But it just means that white students are excluded. Why not? Why you know, not? we've got internship Why? opportunities. Oh, they're only open to black and ethnic minorities. Um, and even on top of that, even if you were, um, I would say, an ethnic minority or a mixed-race person, if you don't believe in their leftist ideology, they're going to treat you as badly as you were a white student. So, you know, I've seen other black people that are, you know, against what's happening in the world right now and have spoken out against the discrimination of white people. And then they're basically called very racist things by the left and also treated with the same animosity and contempt that a person can expect just for being white and studying. But this is how they've gone about ensuring that the native populations are not getting into positions of power and influence because unless you're a person that's willing to betray your own nation and people, you're not going to get into a decent position of power and influence. I've seen this done in politics with very selective candidacy recruitments. When people are going um, to apply to stand as a candidate, you have the people at very top of political parties and there is no democratic say in candidate selection. And they pick people that will basically just be pawns. And they're quite happy to do so because of the money and prestige that being an MP or a councillor or wherever else brings them. So they're quite happy to go along with things that are not in the interests of the people who voted for them for. That's They don't care. They, they care about their own personal interests. And that's the problem that we see mostly in the world today. I've been trying to explain this to the British that are very scared because of their jobs. They're very scared because... Uh, of the vulnerable position that it puts themselves in, you know, with attacks of violence, random attacks of violence. But I try and explain to them, the longer that you ignore this evil, do you think that they're going to allow you to have jobs in 20 years' time? Do you think that you're not already going to be subject to random acts of violence? I mean, when has ever ignoring the problem ever made it go away? away. All uh, you have to do is look at South Africa now, and look at the, what... Work? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you have to look at South Africa and see what they've done with the white population there. Well, this, when I say to people, if you, you know, if you want to see the future uh, when we become a minority, look to South Africa. Absolutely. And if you want to see the similarities between what preceded the genocides there, it, the similarities between what's happening here now and what was happening there prior to the genocide that's taking place is... It's so similar. It's it's terrifying because these were black Marxists in South Africa that were pushing the same white privilege agenda and critical race theory. And when they eventually seize power, they seize property off all white people, and they are basically allowed the wholesale slaughter of white citizens. And they don't intervene. There are no police. And what's worse is the world 
a blind eye to it. That's and the happen. same thing will happen here. Nobody is going to come save us. Absolutely. The only people that can do so are ourselves. It's like I've seen today a, a distressing video of a woman crying in the United States and she's begging President Trump to come and save them. Um, you know, it's a sad and harsh reality that people are going to have to realize is that nobody is coming to, to save, save you. you. Nobody is coming to save us. If you do not stand up and do something yourself, start forming groups, start talking about how you're going to overcome the challenges that we face, there will come a time where you will need to stand up for yourself and that is what's going to need to be done because there are no saviours at this stage. No. Listen, Baba Kate, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. It's brilliant. It's such a pleasure. It's so good to talk to you. For, I haven't talked to you for a while, so it's so good to hear your voice and hear your information again. Thank you. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me on. And I look forward to doing it again in the near future. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you. You have a great evening. I'll speak to you soon. Subscribe and subscribe to alastrina.net. Thank you very much. And now at the center of the zero experience, Hunter Biden scandal and Biden, let's see, foreign syndicate issue. Well, is Hunter Biden's laptop, which reportedly contains, well, a lot of disturbing material. Now, computer repair shop owner John Paul Mac Isaac, he turned the laptop over to the FBI in December of 2019 after Hunter failed to retrieve it from his store 90 days later. And after facing endless slander and death threats, he even closed down a shop for a while and went out of town, he's now come forward to tell his side of the story. John Paul joins us for an exclusive interview. John Paul, sir, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Evening, Sean. Let's get into the document side of it. So there were, would it be a fair statement to say that what you saw concerned you, uh, that you desperately wanted to get this out of your shop, as you said? Correct. So, so on both fronts there, I just want to make a, a thing. Let me, let me go through the, the timeline with you, if I may, because mm -hmm. you, you handed this over to the FBI. They finally took possession of it December 9, 2019. Tell us what happened. Uh, they came to the shop. Originally, they were planning to make a forensic copy of the drive. They couldn't guarantee that they could take the, uh, the equipment away from me. Uh, so when they showed up and they handed me a subpoena requesting the drive, the paperwork, and the laptop, I was overjoyed that they were going to basically meet my demands, if you will. I wanted it out of my shop, and I wanted some kind of paper trail, some level of protection from the FBI. So I was pretty happy that they uh, took it. A couple things happened during that exchange. A couple things were said that kind of, again, threw up some red flags with the FBI, um, just how they wanted me to handle it if he could, should come looking for it, how to contact them, how to stall the, whoever's looking for it so they could make arrangements to have the equipment returned to me. Uh, it, it did kind of—I uh, uh, was concerned. In, so December 19th, to remind everybody, because impeachment on the issue of Ukraine took place with President Trump in January of 2020. And I guess my question is, what you saw in terms of documents, did that seem relevant to you, to the Absolutely. debate that was explained? Um, well, I, I had seen uh, what would, again, I'm, I'm not an investigative journalist. It's not my day job uh, when I was fixing Max, but I, I saw some pretty compelling documents that uh, definitely showed a, a pay-for-play scheme going on between uh, uh, Hunter Biden and uh, his, you know, his business dealings in Ukraine. Joe Biden claimed that he didn't know anything about his son's business dealing. Will the documents that you saw contradict that, incontrovertibly contradict that? <sighs> yeah, I, I, th I think uh, there, there was a lot of coordination. Um, you know, I saw a couple emails coming directly out of the White House to uh, members of Burisma staff that, uh, you know, including the, the vice president's schedule, uh, any discussions that were going on about Ukraine and policies with Ukraine uh, were being sent directly to uh, Vadim, who's the number two at Burisma.
knowing what you know that was on it, knowing that you followed the proper chain of command, knowing that you were glad to finally get it out of your possession, but yet it was the smartest thing you ever did, handing it over for your own benefit and safety, and you wondered why was it not admitted as evidence at impeachment? Now, is the evidence that compelling, that it was that relevant? I assume my interpretation is that you saw a flagrant double standard existed. Am I right in my interpretation? Well, uh, what, I, what I saw was, uh, you know, uh, two, two young men that were definitely capitalizing off of uh, at least one of their father's positions to uh, drum up more value in, in their efforts to, to get more money. And it, it was it was definitely a pay for play scheme that I you know, again I, I got my law degree at Rodeo Clown School so I'm not, not Brian's better at the the legal stuff but the uh, it looked like this would be something that you would want to have a conversation with to another foreign leader about because this was a lot of money that was exchanging hands like a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And you, sir, you, you still have a copy of the hard drive? Is that correct? Correct. Um, would you be willing to share it with me? I would love I'd to. I'd have make to it talk public. to my attorney about that. You, you'll consider. You'll take it under consideration. Yeah, I, I, I have a very good attorney, and he's there <laughs> no, to protect listen, me for, for myself. Listen, uh, sir. I, I, all I've read about you and all I've heard that you said, you've been put in a horrible position. I argue unfairly so, and. You know, you just saw something, you said something. We ask people all the time, see something, say something, and you did. And it's, it should not have happened to you this way. I hope, is your business doing better now? Are you getting harassed less? Are you able to keep the doors open? Well, I'm, I'm getting harassed a lot less since I had to disconnect the phone and the email server. The, the business has been closed since November 2nd. Uh, for oh. my safety, I had to get out of town about that time. I just didn't know. The, the hostility in my area was getting to the point where I didn't want to incite any anger. So I, I thought it was best that I just close the business and then get out of town. Thank you for sharing, sir. It's an important story. You did do the right thing. You're, you, you're, I think, based on everything you said to me and what people have told me they believe is on it, that, um, that what you did is important. Honorable, and I hope all the harassment of you stops and you continue, you know, your life hopefully in anonymity and, and peace. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for your time and letting me uh, tell my story. We taped this just before the show. Tomorrow, part two, the majority of the interview talks about video content. It's shocking. Here's a preview. I saw material of a very personal nature. Uh, I don't want to obviously go into it. I don't feel comfortable about talking about the uh, the personal stuff the bigger part of that interview part two tomorrow news that hasn't broken before more hannity after this when the rest of the media and many in the congress were either ignoring or making excuses for the riots we saw for months in this country we came out on the air almost every night and told you we oppose political violence of all kinds on january 6th there was political violence at the capitol and we opposed that but one thing that we oppose every bit as much is the destruction of the civil liberties that make this America, make it a country you would want to live in. Now, that point used to be uncontroversial, particularly on the left. But now, outside a handful of principled, mostly far-left figures, none of the self-described liberals in the Congress will say this out loud. Instead, they're moving in the other direction at high speed. Democrats are rushing to embrace a new surveillance state in the wake of the January 6th insurrection, using that day as a pretext for creating, say, a new secret police force. Not making that up. We told you about this last night, and we mentioned specifically a member of Congress from Illinois, a character called Brad Schneider. Schneider says he'd like to pass something called the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. Apparently, Brad Schneider was watching last night. As you hear his reply, ask yourself, is this the guy you want in charge of preventing domestic terrorism? Here's how he responded, quote, Do I want to see increased monitoring of the types of violent extremist domestic terrorists that attacked the Capitol, leaving five people dead, including a police officer? Absolutely. The real question is why Tucker Carlson is okay with their deaths. Right. So if you have questions about handing Brad Schneider, whoever that guy is, the keys to your country, 
voiding the Bill of Rights because Brad Schneider demands that you do after the insurrection on January 6th, then you're for killing police officers. You want people to die. And maybe you need your civil liberties taken away. We'll see. Now, if this all sounds familiar, it is. Because every time something horrible happens, creepy little demagogues like Brad Schneider rush to the microphone and tell you, I'm sorry, you can't be free anymore. It happened after 9-11. 9-11? What does it have to do with January 6th? It seems like kind of an odd comparison. In fact, so disproportionate, it's laughable and offensive to the 3,000 people who died on 9-11. But members of Congress were invoking anyway, by the way, from both parties. In the same briefing where Brad Schneider gave his stupid and scary opinions, another member of Congress, a former FBI agent called Brian Fitzpatrick, said we must adopt the same attitude toward domestic terrorism that we had toward al-Qaeda after 9-11. When you look at what our response was to 9-11, uh, we said never again. We created a brand new uh, department, a secretary-level uh, position uh, in the cabinet in an entire new department, the Department of Homeland Security. We took a lot of steps to make sure that we were going to say never again were we going to experience something like 9-11. We need to have that same never again attitude towards domestic terrorism because both are an equal threat. What? Who is this guy? Why is he in Congress? We think he's a Republican, by the way. Who cares? That's insulting. What happened on January 6th was on videotape. You saw it. It was bad. We denounced it. We'll denounce it again in every day because who cares? We feel that way. But to compare that to 9-11, if you're saying that with a straight face, you're a liar and you have an agenda that should make all of us nervous. But a lot of them do. Another congressman, Luke Correa, admitted that the, quote, Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act is just the beginning. There's a lot more domestic spying to be done, he promised. This is the first step in a long procession of actions we have to take to make sure we address the issue of other Americans terrorizing other Americans in this great country. Yeah, okay. The next step in a long procession of actions. Okay, let's just be completely clear. Unlike the many of the people you see calling for a new secret police force to be created, we're against all political violence. But no matter how much of it occurs, we are still Americans. We were born here. We have the right to say whatever we believe period. You cannot abridge that right. We have the right not to be spied on by our own government for having political opinions that people in power disagree with, period. And anyone who tries to take those rights away is a far greater threat to this country than anyone who showed up on the Capitol on January 6th, period. And everybody should say that because it's true. And it would be true if the roles were reversed and the other party was apart. It doesn't matter. These are immutable, undying principles that form the basis of American history and culture and life. And when they cease to be at the center of our national life, you ought to leave because it's not worth living in a country like that.